0: Just cannot write scripts
1: like this. Welcome everybody to the Final Countdown, a podcast looking back at great finals within the game of football. I'm Lewis, here with my co-host Adam. Hello. Uh, and it's your turn, actually, this week, Adam.
0: Well, it is my turn. You're right, Lewis, because we're going to pretend that you weren't ready.
1: <laughs> no, we're pretending that I was ready, oh, when yeah, in fact sorry. I have not done the 1982 FA Cup <laughs> <laughs> final yet, so we're recording the 83 one first.
0: I am so ready. Mind you, this is a great one, in fairness, so I'm I'm quite pleased.
1: That's a little stinger there, a little tease, just yeah, to get people's it, it appetite wetted. This
0: is like the final, so if you're a regular listener, both of you out there, uh, <laughs> then you'll know that uh, yeah, some of these stories are not really about the game at all.
1: Yeah, and in, in some ways that saved us, because there's been quite a few drab finals where the story outside has kind of rescued it.
0: Yeah. I mean, this wasn't a drab final by any means, but we'll get to what I mean. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a, a really great narrative.
1: Narrative. We're all about narrative. It, to be fair, that is the lifeblood of this uh, podcast. <laughs> narrative and nostalgia. That's it. The two things that power us.
0: Absolutely. So, shall we begin? Please. Okay. So, Lewis, the 1983 FA Cup final between Manchester United and Brighton, Hove and Albion.
1: What do you mm. know? Uh... I didn't even know Brighton had got to an FA Cup final, so I know absolutely nothing about this cup final. I I don't really. I don't think so. Like you might say something that jogs my memory, but I'm trying to think of anything stand out. This would have been Ron Atkinson's United. Uh, Big Ron. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Big Ron, who let's not go into any more about him. But there we go. But uh, yeah, Big Ron's Man United. That's pretty much all I know about this final. So, big. Rons, Man United
0: are. Um, they, they never won the league, but obviously they were one of the top teams. So you got Brian Robson, who mm-hmm. England captain, uh, Norman Whiteside. The, I was about to. Yeah, I was about yeah, to say Norman yeah. Whiteside. Norman Whiteside, um, yeah, Paul McGrath came through. I'm not sure he played in this game, but he came through. Um, so it was a good team. Mark yeah. Hughes, uh, who was Young Player of the Year in 85. So right. this might have been a, a bit before him again. So this was kind of the old United, mm-hmm. Frank Stapleton, Muir and all the rest of it, going into the new United, which eventually became, of course, Sir Alex's United um, mm. later in the 80s. The bane,
1: the bane of my childhood, Absolutely. growing up in a era as a Liverpool fan, uh, yes. surrounded by Sir Alex's United.
0: Of course, in true Big Ron style, he often credits himself uh, laying the foundation. Yeah, Sir
1: Alex would have been lost without him. I can imagine <laughs> staying up at night, Sir Alex, just writing in his diary, dear That's diary. You <laughs> thank you for Ron. Thanks for
0: Ron. There's, there's the fact that it took Sir Alex like five years to lay the foundation and win anything, yeah, we'll ignore that. Thanks, Ron, for what you left me. Cheers, Ron. Which was probably more the case. So, anyway, shall we begin? You know nothing, so you're going to love this as a narrative lover.
1: Feed it to me. Yeah. Inject it in my veins.
0: Right. So the 1983 FA Cup final was essentially all about the final seconds of the match. But that was only as poignant as it was because of the story that preceded it. Okay. So, do you know the commentary, and Smith must score?
1: Yes, I vaguely do. And then there's a, an amazing save, or, or at least a save.
0: Yeah, a, a save for sure. Mm. So, Peter Jones, bless his heart, was the commentator that day, and he screamed, and Smith must score in the dying seconds of a back-and-forth FA Cup final. Uh, And Smith, Gordon Smith, was uh, Brighton Hove Albion's, I'm just going on Brighton from now on, Brighton's striker. Mm -hmm. uh, And he was clear through. But what happened next really matters as much as it did because of the preceding season. Sure. So the story, in a way, of the uh, 82-83 Cup Final begins at the start of the 82-83 season. So let me take you back to the start. Uh, Brighton were unfancied. They'd got out of jail uh, two seasons before. Uh, They won their last five games to escape relegation. They scraped again I was going to ask
1: whether they were a top flight team no
0: not at all right. not at all so uh, as we'll learn even more so so they got out of jail Alan Mullery a former England striker in 1970 was or the 70s was uh, their manager he fell out with and here's the introduction of the first character because this story is all about characters Luke.
1: it's like an episode of the West Wing it yeah. really we're being is. introduced
0: it is so you've got Mike Bamber who was the chairman of... Bambaleo. Yeah, yeah that, that guy. Uh, so he is the chairman. He fell out with Mullery, fired him over the transfer of Mark Lawrenson.
1: Ah, oh, Lawrence. Good old,
0: good old Laura. Now we're talking. So he comes up. Um, and so Mullery goes and and um, Mike Bailey takes over. Mike Bailey was a very defensive manager, as you probably expect when you're managing Brighton. Sure, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like not everyone can be Keegan, as in...
1: Kevin. Oh yeah, don't worry. I I was restraining <laughs> Kevin the cliche there. Uh,
0: so anyway, so a week before the season begins, poor old Mike Bailey walks into Mike Bamber, the chairman's mm-hmm. world of chaos and mess and distraction all the rest of it. Steve Foster, who was an England international, used to wear the headband. I don't know if you remember him. No, but. Uh, ended up at Luton, I think. And Michael Robinson, who's um, Smith's strike partner, two top players for Brighton, as top as they can get sure. in, a, in a struggling team, they put in transfer requests a week before the season begins.
1: Uh, and they're a top fl- uh, top division team, aren't they, Brighton? Top division, yeah, but just struggling. lower end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they put in transfer requests, and these are a couple of quotes from Foster and Robinson at the time. It seems this club only wants to settle for mediocrity. Wow. Bear in mind, this is a week before the season yeah. starts, so not like end of the season. So you know, season had been a, a a whirlwind, it seems. And then Robinson said, "It just seems like the chairman." So a direct attack. It just seems like the chairman doesn't want to move forward. So mediocrity and don't want to move forward. Shots fired. Shots fired, indeed. So <laughs> Mike Bamber seemed preoccupied. Never commented on the transfer requests. They got denied. Mm-hmm. Foster and Robinson stayed. Um, for what was probably the most amazing season Brighton maybe ever had. yeah, Um, Certainly up up until um, present day, Brighton. So anyway, Mike Bamber seemed to be preoccupied with the the perilous financial state of the club. That's what he was all about. He reportedly um, was losing, or the club was losing £6,000 a week. Wow. um, Just existing. Yeah. Uh, And he um, reported or put out there that they needed to bring in at least 16,500 spectators a week at their home games to break even. Unfortunately, attendances were dipping below 10,000.
1: Yeah, well, when you're, you know, relegation and playing defensive football, then, uh, yeah. yeah, you're not really going to attract the yeah.
0: masses. So, Bamba, in his genius, did what any clever chairman would do he turned on the fans.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a yeah, method. Yeah, it's so something you can do. I
0: think he gathered together his think tank and thought, how do we get an extra 6,500 fans? I know, I'll blame them. So this is a quote uh, right at the start of the season. I've been bitterly disappointed at the very poor sale of season tickets and wonder if the Sussex public really want First Division football.
1: Wow. <laughs> Absolutely ludicrous. So
0: as the season went on, Mike Bamber he offered Christmas special offers on tickets, he priced the bigger clubs on as higher ticket prices, which was unheard of at the time, Right. Um, and his quote was, you'd expect to pay more to hear Sinatra sing.
1: But you're effectively advertising, do you want to come and see us really get beaten? Do you want to be entertained by four or five goals against (laughs) us? Like, pay more to watch your team lose by more?
0: That's it. And poor old manager Mike Bailey is just trying to get his club to survive, while his his chairman is just like... Like you just said, like come and watch the big teams thrash us, pay yeah. more for it. Um, so Mike Bailey, is, he is caught in playing defensively for results, trying to grind out draws and one nils and counter-attack football and all the rest of it. But the demand from chairman and fans to be entertaining is contradictory. Yeah, of course. And so I guess as many lower division clubs, it must be so difficult. To know you're not good enough to take on the Man Cities and the Liverpool's.
1: Well, you know, speaking a bit more present day, it's basically the Tottenham conundrum, where you're never going to be a top club. Just stop <laughs> pretending. But uh, one of our Tottenham fan friends uh has often said probably more out of realizing he'll never win anything anyway but has often said that he would settle for attacking football without trophies than trophies with defensive football which yeah. I thought was interesting but well, essentially the same question isn't
0: it yeah it is I mean it's Keegan's Newcastle yeah it didn't win anything but uh, it, man, won, it won the hearts of many they had a bloody great time didn't yeah. they so I mean I don't know I don't I, I don't know how Newcastle fans feel about that time and, how,
1: how about you as a Everton fan hmm. Would you care about winning an FA Cup final in present day with terrible football? Or would you much rather have great swashbust- swashbuckling yeah. football and no trophies? Well, I,
0: I mean, if you're going to use Everton as an example, I kind of feel like the last time we won a cup was that. Mm. And I don't particularly feel fond. I mean, Everton fans might feel differently to me. I'm sure. not the most diehard Everton fan in the world. But certainly for my childhood, when we won it in 95, it was pretty drab. Mm. And, you know, we... we we did a Brighton of yeah. eighty three on on Man United, the, mm-hmm. a very good Man United team um, to win that cup. But I, I can't remember looking back on it and going, "Oh, that day." Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there's something in that. But anyway, Brighton absolutely were in that position. And Mike Bailey, poor Mike Bailey, he he exits stage left here. Uh, he's fired after a run of bad results uh, in December. So enter the new character of Jimmy Mellia who was put in charge, Chief Scout Jimmy Mellier. He was actually wow. put in charge alongside someone else and then he is hired after um, you know, a good run of results. But Mellier is a is a real character, you need to understand it. He's a successful Liverpool player, a scouser, um, during the early days of Bill Shankly. He was described by Jimmy Case, who played for Brighton, yeah. also played for Liverpool, as the ideal man to come in and lift everyone's spirits.
1: It's basically just Steve Smith, isn't it's it? A, it's an early Steve Smith. Yeah, yeah, get a
0: comedian in there. Absolutely. Just for the laughs. Just mm. for the bants. He's crap, but just for the <laughs> bands. Uh, Unfortunately, Steve Smith went on to be an unbelievable cricketer. So we Who can't, knew at the time? Yeah, we can't really use that anymore. But anyway, the balding Liverpudlian would become well-known, love this quote, for his white shoes, his disco lifestyle, and model girlfriend Val Lloyd. Wow. Th- this guy. He's an absolute playboy. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, he's your kind of guy, mate. So Jimmy Melia is in charge of Brighton um, for the new year. Uh, and uh, they enter into the Cup. Obviously, January is um third round of the Cup, and they go in. Uh, I guess Melia's kind of thinking, if we can get a Cup run going, we might get a you know a bit of momentum. Yeah, Two good wins uh, in the first two rounds of the Cup. Get them to a fifth round draw at Anfield. Not good news. No, that's
1: not that's the one draw you don't want. No, and
0: especially at that time. Liverpool mm-hmm. were dominant uh, in, in the league, in the Cup, in Europe, all the rest of it. And uh, yeah, so the, the quadruple-chasing giants of Liverpool... Uh, take on brighton somehow jimmy mellia orchestrates an unbelievable giant kill one that you don't hear a lot about sure yeah um but they brighton went to anfield and one two one, 2-1 and jimmy mellia a scouser yeah. ex liverpudlian uh ex liverpool player um, run toward, Runs towards the cop in celebration. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of guy. That's he is, great shit, right, Altery, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if he's wearing his disco shoes, but like in my head, that's what he's doing, yeah. running towards the cop in celebration. Unfortunately for Jimmy Melia, the cup run was damaging for their league form. And you see this quite a bit, uh, you know, in, in lower league teams um, where uh, a cup run is so dominant mm-hmm. and it grabs the hearts of the the supporters that they almost, the players seem to lose concentration for the league. It's, the, it's the
1: vacation away from the uh, weight, isn't it? It of is. Of the league yeah. and what Fresh, that might mean. pressure football, yeah, exactly. maybe,
0: you would argue. So they slide towards relegation throughout February and March uh, and making it through the, the, the cup rounds is good, for the fans and um, Bamber is happy because the you know the, the cup run is generating interest. Yeah, but ultimately they're they're sliding towards uh, relegation. So Brighton would now join ultimately Manchester City at this time nineteen twenty six and Leicester City 1969 as clubs that reach an FA Cup final um but suffer relegation in the same season. Oh yes. So obviously we've got more modern day. Uh, I'm thinking Middlesbrough and I think Wigan, Wigan were the only team to win it and get relegated. Yeah, that's right. Um Since then, but at this time. Um, yeah, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't good news.
1: Yes! Jensen,
0: John Jensen has finally got one right! One defeat in particular was particularly damaging for Brighton. The 1-0 reverse, and this is important for the FA Cup final, I'm, I'm still conscious we're talking about the Cup final. Sure. Um, the 1-0 reverse at Notts County was compounded when Steve Foster, captain of Brighton, picked up a booking for dissent, thus earning him a two-match ban, which would rule him out of the Cup final.
1: Oh, killer, killer for
0: Steve. um, interestingly, due to a loophole in the system, a red card would have resulted in a one match ban. <laughs>
1: That's ludicrous. Isn't so, it?
0: you have this bizarre situation where, for the last 25 minutes of this game, where Brighton are losing to Knotts um, County, Foster could not handle or foul his way to a red card. He wow. literally went looking for a red card, knowing that that would get him a one match yeah, sure. ban uh, and he would make it to the cup final. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't, couldn't buy a red card I mean that would have more been money. great to watch I yeah. mean you're kind of thinking why don't you just walk up to the ref and punch him like but maybe that would have gotten more than one yeah I was about one.
1: to say there's probably a, a, a balance yeah. in between those two yeah. things he
0: wants a red card but nothing more but it is,
1: it is a sign of the times I know it's a cliche but you talk about some of the tackles that were flying in in the 80s and late 70s and you think if he like it's yeah. amazing people don't get, have their careers ended by this lad looking yeah. for the red card
0: I mean it's incredible footage on um, YouTube not loads of this game but Foster trying to get sent yeah. off it's just brilliant. Like You kind
1: of want the Benny Hill team to be going behind it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Little yakety-sacks.
0: Yeah, the way he looks expectantly at the referee, like, go on, go on, go on. Like the bloody Churchill dog. Go on, go on, go on. Uh, so anyway, Foster um, ultimately only got the book in, so he had a two-match ban. He would miss the final. So then this bizarre situation, Foster appealed, went through a five-hour hearing wow. with the FA to try and be available for the final. Uh, they got petitions. They had fans marching on the FA headquarters the chairman of course got involved Mm -hmm. and you know all kinds of stuff ultimately he failed and steve foster missed the most important game of
1: his career i mean i am a romantic i I wish he had managed to make the final but the rules are also the rules like you can't like if this had been man united doing this saying like oh yeah brian robson suspended for the final can we please have him available you'd tell him to like take a long walk of a short pier
0: what i couldn't find out was what were the grounds of his appeal
1: Yeah, I'm really sorry. I won't do it again. I would really like to play that game.
0: He'd spent 25 minutes going very close, I imagine, to getting sent off. It's not great grounds for like... It's not showing remorse, is it? Yeah, please, ref, you got me all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Steve-o. Anyway, so uh, Steve Foster was missing, which obviously is important in the sense that, uh, you know, spoiler alert, the game went to a replay. Right. So Foster did get his cup final. Um, but it didn't pan out uh, the way he was hoping. Uh, anyone, anyone that remembers the eighty-three FA Cup final will remember that Anne Smith must score uh, in the you know deep in extra time mm-hmm. moment. Um, but there was a miscellany of FA Cup nostalgia before that miss, and it, we would go on forever if we went through this stuff. But mainly these include Brighton, uh, and they include a team that recognised they were in a once-in-a-lifetime sure, situation. Yeah. So. You had a lot of these, I'm kind of thinking, I'd do that. I I would have done that. You know, that's part of what our team would Mm -hmm. have done. Um, So, Steve Foster and Bamba. So, this is the captain and the chairman. Yeah. Didn't shave during the FA Cup run. Amazing. So, from January through, they didn't shave. So, they've got this enormous kind of facial hair, uh, you know, unkept look going on. Um, Mike Bamba offering fans a ticket to the FA Cup final if they bought a season ticket for the following season.
1: In, I mean to be fair that's actually that's great it's but not yeah. bad is it yeah. yeah
0: it's not bad at all uh, I don't know how well he did out of that um, but yeah that, that, that would be enough to Tempt me in. Like, yeah, you, too right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, mean, I don't know what season tickets cost back then. Um, Jimmy Case and Gordon Smith, Brighton players, going on top of the pops for the obligatory <laughs> or what became the obligatory cup final cup song. final song. Uh, the boys in the old Brighton blue. Oh, wow. I think it peaked around the 20s, but there were there they were. Only two of them went to top of
1: the pops. I mean, to be fair, breaking the top 50 is quite impressive. So fair play to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how Bamba would have felt about the fact that the fans bought the single but didn't go to the games.
1: As long as there was some kind of flow of money into the club, I don't think he cared. (laughs) Yeah, true, yeah. Uh, I don't
0: know why it was only two of them as well. I couldn't figure that out. Probably
1: because everyone else is like, there's no way you're getting me on there, surely. It's a a
0: bit like um, Shearer. In the three lines thing, yeah. telling Badil and Skinner to F off, like, I ain't going to be a part of that. Badil and Skinner like, oh, who can we have for the video? They're like, Steve Stone.
1: Steve Stone. He's got to do something in that England show, hasn't he?
0: <laughs> I honestly think 25 years on, Steve Stone is more famous for being in that video than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably... I think even one of his goals is in the three lines video.
1: Is it really? I mean, I mean, He's done
0: well out of that, has he? How many goals did Steve Stone score for England? That may have been the only goal. I
1: was about to say, I think less than three, comfortably. Yeah, but it's
0: immortalised. Yeah. I bet Shearer feels like a right mug now.
1: Well, I think he'd probably comfort himself for the fact he was a bit of a better player than Steve <laughs> Stone, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe he doesn't feel that yeah, way at all-time all. All time
1: Premier League top goal scorers probably thinking, I wish I had the career Steve <laughs> yeah, Stone true. did.
0: Captain of England. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Steve, how you feeling about your career? <laughs> Uh, anyway, so the, the boys in the old Brighton blue—that was top of the pops. We had Brighton's flight in a British Caledonian Airways helicopter from Brighton to Wembley. Why not? Sure, I mean, I mean that's a thing. There's also a part of me that's like Bamber. <laughs> Like, what are you doing there? Like, you're spanking thousands. Just get the coach. Like, what's the what's the extra cost about that?
1: Yeah, but a strong salesman doesn't turn up in an old car. He doesn't turn up on a bike, <laughs> turns up in a new car.
0: <laughs> so they get a helicopter from Brighton to Wembley. Uh, the only team to ever arrive by air. Wonderful. To Wembley. Would they
1: have had to land on the pitch then? Or in the car park? I couldn't park? find footage of that. Because that uh, would be interesting, yeah, depending I find, on when they arrive.
0: I can't imagine they landed on the pitch. Surely sure.
1: not. No, I, I said... I agree, however, you do get random, apparently I'm linking to helicopter facts that don't have that much in similarity, but I remember Yuri Geller saying he was in a helicopter above (laughs) the England-Scotland game when he moved the ball for (laughs) uh, McAllister's penalty. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he claims he was in uh, a um, a helicopter above the pitch. I've seen the photo, but also why? Like, why was he up? Why couldn't he just been in the ground? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, well, maybe it does amplify his powers.
0: Yeah, and also, how long was he up there? Because the the penalty was like an hour in. Yeah. Bit of Euronise 6 digression today. It's
1: as if he's bullshitting.
0: (laughs) It's amazing, really. (laughs) It's it's as if the photo of him in a helicopter holding a spoon wasn't, you know, essentially evidence. yeah. Yeah, who knows? Who knows on that guy? Um, So, yeah, they made their way, uh, the only team to make their way in helicopter. Also, I mentioned this to you, this is interesting, the Spice Boys suits. Um, so obviously well. Liverpool um, turning up in white suits or linen suits to the ninety six. I, I think
1: it was technically an off white. If we're being, if we're being cream. Yeah, I think a cream. Fair enough.
0: I mean, in fairness. This was yeah. This I mean, this was jackets. They didn't go the the full Jamie Redknapp.
1: You never, yeah, never go full Spice Boys.
0: No, but they were the original Spice Boys. I was about to say yeah. that's
1: news to me. I I didn't yeah, didn't know yeah, that was the case. I thought Liverpool were the first. I
0: mean, I didn't think it. I don't think that it worked in the same way that. Like, you know, Alex Sir Alex through yeah. that story about him coming in saying, fire. guys, we're gonna beat this lot, look at yeah. them. Um so it didn't work like that, but they look they look classy. Like yeah, fair play. Rather the making the most of it. Absolutely that is absolutely what they were doing. Uh stand skipper Grealish, no no um relation to Jack, wearing a headband in the tunnel in tribute to the absent foster. No way, that's a nice one. Like yeah, yeah, wearing a little um uh, uh you know, just just in the tunnel we took it off before
1: I like the idea of like Leicester making Cup Final where Vardy's ruled out and everyone just tapes up their left hand that's Do you it you know what I mean just, yeah, everyone looks out. like a Michael Jackson yeah ripoff.
0: carrying a can of Red Bull <laughs> kind of just ready and then finally 20 year old Gary Howlett this is great Cup Final Gary Howlett released a year previously by Coventry on a free transfer completing the journey from Scrap Heap to Wembley Stadium
1: that's all it's about that's, that's the magic of the FA that's Cup that's it
0: that is absolutely magic FA Cup story right there so fair play to Gary Howlett uh, that's the only mention he gets so I'm guessing he didn't do anything in the final sorry Gary if you did but um, you were there and that was he when-
1: appears in our match report now and Absolutely. then disappears into Absolutely. legend
0: so you were there when a year before Coventry were like don't need you thanks mate so anyway the list goes on and on and on oh. four added minutes and Gerard oh! Oh! stunning Well, take a bow son I mean that take a bow you have been immense. But finally, we get to the cup final. Mm. And it's a great game of football, in fairness. It's, it's back and forth, Brighton go for it.
1: That's great. Yeah, Always enjoy an underdog. That absolutely. Just so up.
0: Jimmy Melio, kind of like, lads, this is our once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We're not going to just try and defend against a very strong Man uh, United team. So they actually open the scoring through Gordon Smith. We'll hear again from him later. Uh, Frank Stapleton bundles home his second FA Cup final goal, if you yeah. remember the 79 Cup final, he scored in that, um, so he equalises, Ray Wilkins scores an absolute, Wilkins. Oh, an absolute beauty, it's the kind of goal where you're like, is he going to shoot from there, you're watching the clip, you know it's his goal because mm-hmm. you've typed that into YouTube, but you're like, surely he passes it, yeah, and he yeah. doesn't, absolute beauty, Curler from the outside the box, beats the goalkeeper, all ends up, United take the lead 2-1, and then a name you might recognise, Gary Stevens.
1: I mean, a vague England awareness of the name. You
0: might be confused by the fact there were two of them.
1: Oh, okay. Weirdly.
0: Both right backs. Oh, even better than that. For yeah. England. Very strange sure. situation in the late 80s. Uh, yeah, they'd gone by the 1990 World Cup. But yeah, Gary Stevens, uh, dark hair, Gary Stevens, blonde hair. <laughs> right. Uh, one of them played for Everton, one of them played for Brighton. This was the Brighton one, dark hair, for anybody who's interested. And he was absolutely brilliant in the Cup final. Ultimately, got the England call up from oh, uh, this kind of form. Uh, and. With five minutes to go, uh, a bit of a scramble and uh, a very clever uh, corner actually. Finds its way to Gary Stevens, eight yards out and he bullets it home two all. Uh, so Brighton take Man United, the yeah. Giants, to extra time. It kind of tightens up a little bit in extra time. As it happens. Yeah, tends to, I think it? Brighton were like, oh, we're so close. Yeah. Obviously the replay was coming, not the Not penalties. Not penalties. Uh, as we know, but inevitably we arrive back at Smith's golden opportunity. If you've never seen this...
1: It isn't, as in the commentary, or at least I have some vague recollection of it, but I can't picture anything, so I don't think I've ever seen it. I think I've probably just come across it in a commentary compilation, because that's the kind of sad gentleman I am.
0: Absolutely, mate. It is, when you tune into the story, which we've tried to do here, when we tune into the run that Brighton had gone on, the fact they were relegated, the fact that... The club was a bit of a mess. Mm. You had a bit of a playboy as a manager, like the Foster scenario, start all the way back where they handed in transfer requests. This moment Mm. puts to bed all of that. It gives them at least temporary relief from the mess that this club was in. Gordon Smith, Michael Robinson, in fairness to him, bundles two defenders off the the ball, which is incredible uh, strength in the 120th minute. Uh, And he could have shot. And Smith actually said one of the, Biggest surprises of the whole thing was that the Robinson, ball came to him. Robinson passed, yeah, and uh so Robinson passes to his right, and he's uh, eight nine yards out. And like I say, if you've never seen it, go and watch this yeah. in the context of everything we've talked about. Smith is one on one with uh, Gary Bailey, bit of an angle, but ultimately nine,
1: should put it away nine times nine, nine times
0: yeah. out of ten. Like honestly, mate, I would back you to score.
1: Oh my god, you know what? What, I'm what a sentence! Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'd be like, Lewis Smith could score there. Wow. Sorry, Gordon. Um, but that
1: and, and it would work for my name as well it, it would is and is a Smith z- must score <laughs> I've heard that a few times <laughs> Oh, followed followed by the disappointing sigh afterwards oh, no. so
0: to the soundtrack a brilliant commentary this was their chance uh, and um, amazingly uh, Gordon Smith goes low and hard and he hits it at Gary Bailey he's very lucky oh. save in fairness but I guess you could argue the keeper's done what he's yeah. going to do hits his legs doesn't bounce back to either Robinson or Smith bounces his back Gary Bailey grabs it and I was reading a bit of um, Jimmy Case's uh, reflection mm-hmm. on this and he said, uh, we'd put everything into that game uh, and when the replay came a few days later, we had nothing left. Even at the full-time whistle, we ultimately all had a sense of that was it. That was the moment. That was the chance. Uh, so poor old Jimmy Case uh, and the Brighton players went to um, Wembley two three days later uh, and they got killed. They got killed, so much so that it's barely worth covering. They got stuffed 4-0 um, they looked were just battered. They looked dead um, Steve Foster played um, but So he got
1: a cup final to his name He but did
0: but it was a pretty Emphatic um, result They were never really in the game uh, And so yeah that kind of Ended a little bit of an era Gary Stevens left for Tottenham uh, Robinson left for Liverpool Foster, Grudish and Smith all moved on Before the end of oh, the next wow. season So it was a real kind of like that was an era Jimmy Mellia, I know you'll want to know uh, he also moved on he resigned <laughs> we'll finish with this he resigned in October after a clash of personalities
1: <laughs> <laughs> feel like that was inevitable really yeah
0: uh, the new chief coach Chris Catlin uh, couldn't see eye to eye with him and Melia brilliantly bitter at his treatment just picture this Lou Melia bitter at his treatment by Bamba in particular turned up at the next home game stood on the terraces and joined in the chants of Bamber out Bamba out <laughs>
1: That is a level of petty eyes of higher to be. That is wonderful stuff, isn't it? <laughs> just imagine the lack of professionalism. He's not brilliant. going, he's probably going to the disco afterwards. He was there in his Saturday <laughs> night fever suit, yeah. he didn't care. Him and Val were off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just imagine that. It's like Mourinho turning up to sing against Danny Levitt so after weird. he was sacked yeah, by I mean, Spurs so at the cup final.
0: 80s Britain, but it just. Can you imagine that now? Wonderful. I love it. The pettiness is superb. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, an odd ending to Melia's 311-day reign, a time of unbelievable highs and and huge lows.
1: I had no idea Brighton had this element of their history at all. Like the only um, exposure I guess I have to Brighton is just always having a chip on their shoulder at Crystal Palace. That's pretty much the only thing I know about them is just this small... Um, brother kind of syndrome There, I'd
0: imagine any any Brighton fan over 35 will yeah, yeah. this will be the it's thing their that they talk, they talk about maybe promotion to Premier League now
1: sure and um, signing Adam Lalana from Liverpool probably a, a highlight huge moment huge moment absolutely mm-hmm.
0: but there we go the 83 Cup final
1: wonderful mate that was that was truly spectacular I've enjoyed that one of our best good I think. story good story Um, Okay, so thanks everybody for listening in. Um, We will be back again next week with another FA Cup final. Enjoy. Look after yourselves.